Wonderful. Good morning, everybody. And Scott. Have you seen your shadow yet? It's like when Scott sees his shadow, there's going to be more winter. And It's good to see you, man. Are you feeling better? Are you... <laughs> you hanging in there? Man, it's good to see you in church this morning, man. It's wonderful to have you back, brother. <clears throat> so how was Thanksgiving, everybody? Was it good? Did you have your blessed Thanksgiving ever? I don't know. Pastor Tim, we might have failed on that one. They don't seem too enthusiastic about Thanksgiving. Or is it everybody's in a turkey coma this morning? <laughs> I think that's, what, uh, that's our problem this morning. Well, <clears throat> on the way to church this morning, my son Wesley was asking me, he said, Dad, he said, what are you preaching on this morning? And I, I said, well, I'm preaching on how to be thankful in any situation, ever, any situation. Oh, yeah, Dad, well, like, what if somebody slaps you and spits on you and pushes you out of a moving car? That's what my son says to me. I said, Wesley, this is not a message on turn the other cheek. This is a message on Thanksgiving. And, and so he and his, his friend Drew went back and forth, and, and we had just a great conversation about what it means to be thankful. And, and so I want to talk to you about that this morning. I just want to talk to you about uh, how to be thankful in any situation. And, and this was kind of a tough one for me because the older I get... This is the truth. I've noticed this. The older I get, the grumpier I get. I used to have a lot more pep in my step. Now there's a little more grump in my step, and it, which is kind of presents a problem. How do you prepare a message on being grateful if you feel grumpy? How do you do that? Some of you are not sure you can handle this pastoral confession this morning. <laughs> you're looking at me like, you're not supposed to be grumpy. I'm supposed to be grumpy. No, we all get grumpy sometimes, and, and so it's something I'm working on, but I did learn a few things. I want to share them with you this morning. Just a couple of quick thoughts I want to share with you about gratitude or, or being ungrateful, and then I want to share with you three things you can be thankful for, really, I think, in any situation, in any situation. First thought I want to share with you is that I learned being unthankful or, or being thankful, excuse me, is unnatural. It's very unnatural to be thankful. Here's what I mean by that. It's our nature to be ungrateful. Did you know that? Now I know why I have such a hard time being grateful sometimes. Because it's not natural for me. Uh, eating is natural for me. Amen? Sleeping is natural for me. Um, breathing is natural for me. But giving thanks, being grateful... That's not natural for me or you. Here's what the Bible says. It says in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart, not the beating part of you, the beating part of your heart. That the heart means the very core center, the seat of all of your affections and desires and appetites as a human being. The very core of you is more deceitful than anything else and desperately sick, who can understand it? Who can understand it? In other words, we're ungrateful because we're sinful. Because of our fallen nature, it's kind of hard for us sometimes to be grateful. Now, I know that all of us here knows what it feels like to, to feel thankful. Those, do you know what I'm talking about? Those flashes of gratitude 
that come into your life at times when someone does something unexpectedly nice for you and it's like, oh, thank you, and then it's gone, right? <clears throat> and then you go back to complaining about whatever it is that you were complaining about before then. Or that moment when you just miss being in a car accident and you feel this wave of fear and gratefulness all at the same time. I think all of us knows what that feels like. And even more, if you've walked with the Lord for a time in your life, you know what it's like that you ought to be grateful. But how do you really be thankful in every situation? How do we go past just feeling flashes of gratitude to actually practicing gratitude? Something you practice, not, not, not just something that you flirt with, but something you practice. Now, we, we worked on this a little bit with our 30 days and 30 ways of gratitude this, this year in November. You know what today's is? <clears throat> today's, if you remember that, we, we handed this out. Today's is day 26. <laughs> this is what it says, football fans. Let them have the TV remote and sit with them and watch whatever they want to watch for a little while. <laughs> That's one way to practice gratitude today. And now at our house, that will happen uh, it, it will happen between 12 and 1, and then 4 and the rest of the night. But between 1 and 3.30, I'm not sure if I can be grateful. You Eagles fans know what I'm talking about? Okay, all right. You're with me. You're with me this morning. <clears throat> How do we really get to a place where we practice gratitude? I mean, really practice it. It's tough. It's hard because it's not natural. Uh, in fact... Ecclesiastes says this, all this monotony is tiresome, he says. No one can bear to describe it. The eye is never satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear ever content with hearing. Wow. Evidently, part of being human means that we're going to struggle to be content that we're going to really find it hard to practice gratitude on a long-term, sustained way because we're human. I heard about this grandfather whose grandchildren were visiting him, and it was a holiday weekend, and grandfather was filled with food, and he decided to take a nap on the couch, and his three little grandkids decided to be mischievous. And they went into the kitchen, and they got this this cheese, this special cheese, some of you may know of this cheese, called Limburger cheese. And they took the Limburger cheese and they, they decided to put it on their, their grandfather's mustache. And they stuck it under his mustache and they're giggling and laughing. And, and, and grandpa, he's laying down on the couch and, and he, he, they wake him up and he's like, hey, what's going on? He, he looks around and says, what's that smell? It is awful. Living room smells awful. And he gets up and he goes into the kitchen and he's looking around and he's, ah, the kitchen smells awful. And then he goes outside. I'm going to get some fresh air. And he walks outside and he's like, the whole world stinks. Do you ever feel like that? The whole world stinks? That's human nature. That's human nature in a nutshell. It's our nature to be ungrateful. Secondly, it's our culture to be ungrateful. Tell me if you agree with this or not. Our culture is a very ungrateful culture. Uh, we don't p 
push gratitude in America. We don't promote gratitude in America too much. Now, Scripture teaches us in 2 Timothy, it says, But know this, difficult times will come in the last days. And why will they be difficult? He goes on and he explains. Because people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good. And, and, and he says there's going to be difficult times in the last days culturally. Because of our human nature, we're going to have some tough times. You and I are bombarded daily with messages, daily, about how we need more. TV commercials, think about TV commercials. Um, you ever seen a commercial on TV that said, this is our product, but we know you don't need it because you already have enough. Be satisfied. You ever seen a commercial on TV like that? Me either. I've never seen a commercial like that. I've seen some commercials every once in a while that might say thank you for something, but none that ever encourage me to be thankful. In fact, the ones I see constantly tell me that I need what they're selling, that my life would somehow be better if I just bought their product. So what happens is, what's the outcome of all this advertising? What is the impact on your life and my life? Well, it creates this constant low-grade fever of discontent that we don't even know we live with. We don't even realize it. And it's constantly simmering at the surface, just underneath the surface. So, you know, gratitude is really unnatural. It's a tough thing. It's not something that I can, um, in my own flesh, really master. Second thought I want to share with you is that learning to be grateful is uncomfortable. Learning to be grateful is uncomfortable. It really is. Um, how does God teach us to be more grateful? Just look up at me for a second because I want to share something with you. How, when God wants to teach you something, how does he do it? Like, for example, when he wants to teach you and I to be more loving, if, he's, if he said, I want to work on Brad's, his ability to love somebody, what does God do? Does he send me on a Christian cruise with Charles Stanley and five gospel quartets so I can be infused with love? No. What, what, what does God do when he wants to teach me how to love? Does he put you and I on an island where we can sip tea from a little glass with an umbrella for the rest of our lives so we can just feel loved? No. What does he do? He puts an ignorant person in your life, and then he helps you learn to love them. Thank you, God. <laughs> right? That's what happens. How does God teach you how to love? He puts a person in your life that's difficult to love, and then he teaches you how to love that person. So how does he do it with gratitude? How does God teach us to be grateful? God allows you to be placed in circumstances where you are faced with the real life choice of whether to complain 
and be discontent or whether to work on yourself and choose to be grateful. It's just that simple. That's what God does. Guess what? That's uncomfortable. Notice Jesus, even though Jesus was God's son, Hebrews says, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Wow. Jesus learned obedience? Yes. According to the writer of Hebrews, and he learned it through what he suffered. You know, if Jesus has to learn obedience, what do you think that says about me and you? We have to learn too. The Apostle Paul says this, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned, notice those words, I have learned. This is not natural. This does not come automatic for us. This is something we learn. That means we do well, and then we fall. We get back up, and then we do a little bit more, and then we fall again. It's like learning to ride a bike. It's like learning to walk. It's like learning anything. You take a few steps, you stumble, you get back up. That's how you learn gratitude. He says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. By the way, have you learned that secret? I haven't. I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't. I'm trying, I'm working on it. I confess to you up front, there's a little more grump in my life these days. But I'm working on it. Paul says, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him, Christ, who gives me strength. This is something you have to learn. Truly being grateful is something learned. Now, in all these situations you you and I face, now what kind of situations do we face in our life? I, I boiled them down to four. When God allows you to be placed in a circumstance that is not your, of your choosing, you wouldn't have wanted that circumstance. You don't particularly like how it feels. You don't want to be in it. And yet God allows you to be placed in it for the purpose of teaching you how to be grateful. What are those circumstances? What are those situations? Well, there's four. One is what I call a toxic situation. These are conflict with friends, family, and coworkers. Are you familiar with this one? Some of you are. Some of you, I see the halos right above your head this morning, and I'm amazed. Toxic situations, conflicts that you get into with friends and family. And God wants to teach us how to be grateful even in a toxic situation. Then we have tragic situations where we suffer death or great loss or suffering. How do you learn to be grateful in that? I saw a New York Times article this week where they actually were asking the question. They said, how can we be thankful this Thanksgiving with so much sadness in the world? It's a legitimate question. With everything happening in our world the way it is, I mean, I, I read my, my feed, my timeline, and I'll look at the news almost daily, and no, no kidding, 10 to 1, I, I read more negative than I do positive. How about you? Yeah, 10 to 1, easily, which is difficult. After a while, it takes a toll on you, and you think, is there any hope? 
Yet God wants us to be grateful. Well, that's what he says. He says we can learn to be thankful even in that kind of situation. So there's toxic, tragic, there's chronic situations that come into our life. Situations that go on and on and feel like they will never end. Sometimes health problems feel like that. Where we're going through some kind of disease or sickness and it just feels endless. And what used to be a symptom here and a symptom there just sort of melts into one long suffering. And we say, Lord, how can I be grateful in this situation? Fourthly, there's problematic situations. These are frustrations we face. The fridge breaks down. That, that's actually, I don't know how that is at your house, but if the fridge ever broke down at my house, that would be crisis mode. All right? The car can break down. The lights can turn off. Don't break the fridge. The car breaks down. Whatever. It's, it's problematic situations that create frustration in your life. And yet God wants us to be thankful. So how can we be thankful and grateful in these situations? Well, I want to share with this verse with you. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, Rejoice always. By the way, what does that word always mean? Yes. Yes, if you look it up in the Greek, it, mean, it will mean always. That's what it will mean. And, and so it says always, like all the time. He says, rejoice always. Would God give you and I a command that he knew we could not obey? No. God's not into playing with people's lives. If God commands you and I to do something, you can, you can assume that it's doable. God doesn't give impossible commands. When God commands you and I to do something like Rejoice always. It must be possible to rejoice always, at least in the sense that Paul means it here. It must be. So, so please understand, this is not something that is too much for you. It's not something that's too big for you. It isn't too hard for you. It's not too difficult to understand for us. We can do this. You can do this. Rejoice always. Pray constantly and then he says, give thanks in everything. Notice he doesn't say give thanks for everything, right? That's the big difference here. That's the difference I tried to explain to my son Wes when he said, well, Dad, how to be thankful in every situation? What if you get slapped, spit on, and pushed out of a moving car? And I said, well... I wouldn't be thanking God for those things, but I could be thankful in that situation. So he goes, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Three things we can be thankful for, no matter what the situation is. Number one, be thankful that I am or you are in Christ. In Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? If you read the New Testament, Paul uses this phrase over and over and over again. He says, you are saints in Christ. You are loved in Christ. You are forgiven in Christ. What does that mean? Well, that means that you're in and not out. 
You're a part of. You belong to Jesus. If you've given your life to Christ, if you've given your heart to Christ and he's forgiven you, then Christ lives in you and you in him. And so you're in Christ. So that means that no matter what the situation is, you can thank God for the salvation you're in, not the situation you're in. Does that make sense? Regardless of the situation, you have salvation, which is going to mean a whole lot. Some of you say, so what? So what? The situation's temporary, even if it lasts for the rest of your earthly lifetime. The Bible teaches there is a life after death. There is eternity. And that this is the dress rehearsal for that. This is just the dress rehearsal for real life on the other side when we go to be with the Lord or not be with the Lord. Be thankful that you're in Christ. Your salvation is permanent. Your situation is temporary. I like this. That means that even when you're in trouble, you're in Christ. That means even when you're sitting in the principal's office, you're in Christ. Even when you're in pain, you're in Christ. And that's something to be thankful for. Even when you're in despair, if you're in danger, you're in Christ. And for that, you can be thankful, no matter what the situation. Are you... One of the things I was thinking about before I came out here, I was thinking about how thankful I am for that feeling. You know, you know the feeling you get when you know the Lord is with you right, right here, right now? You know, it's that, that, that just that sense of calm, that sense of power, that sense of peace that God gives to his children. I, I'm thankful for that, for knowing that no matter what the situation is, whatever I'm going through, that he's experiencing it with me at this moment no matter what it is or where I am. That's what you can be thankful for. What I've noticed in my life, now I may be different than you, I don't know, but what I've noticed in my life is that feeling I have seems to get stronger, more intense, and bigger the more I'm suffering. The more pain I'm in, it seems like the bigger God gets for me. Like back in 2011, I had horrific knee injury, really bad. I dislocated my knee, tore all the ligaments. It was horrible. And yet I've never felt God closer to me than during my recovery, than during that pain, than during the time when I was going through that. It just seems like when you suffer, God shows up and he helps us. And you know what? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. How about you? Amen. I thank the Lord for that. So much so that I wonder sometimes, I don't know how people without Jesus do it. How do they get through life? And what I realize is they don't, they don't get through it very well. Be thankful not only that you're in Christ, but that I am in God's will, that you're in God's will. He says, for this is God's will for you. 
Because I want you to give thanks to God in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So you're in Christ no matter what the situation, and regardless of the situation, you're in God's will. Now, what, is, what does that mean? It means that the situation may not be God's will, but your reaction can be God's will. God doesn't do bad things to his people. Satan does that. Now, God allows things to happen in every single one of our lives. But God's not the one up there creating bad things for you to happen to you. Satan spends all his time doing that. So while the situation may be difficult, while the situation may be painful, how you respond in that situation can be God's will. In other words, God's not just interested in what you're going through. He's also interested in how you're going through it. He wants to know, how do you treat people when you're going through this situation? How do you respond to me? Do you remember Job? Job going through all of the tragedy that Job faced, and what did Job do? He tore his clothes, and he said, what did he say? The Lord giveth, and the Lord hath taken away. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return there. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible says in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips, either accusing God or blaming God. In other words, how you respond, how Job responded mattered to God. And while all kinds of things happen that are not God's will, the Bible says it is not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want one person to go to hell. But they do. Things happen all the time that God wished, wished that they wouldn't. And yet at the same time, at the same time, God says, you can be in my will. Just because bad things are happening to you doesn't mean that you're out of God's will. And I'm thankful for that. It took me a while to learn that. It used to be every time I was going through a rough situation, I thought, well, I must be not doing what God wants me to do, which that would be a hard way to think, especially if you go into ministry, because when you preach, you say things people don't like, and then people get mad at you, and then that makes you feel insecure, and then you go, well, God, am I not supposed to be preaching? No, I'm supposed to be preaching. It's my calling. Oh, it's their problem. Okay, thank you, Lord. That was good. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. But that's what happens, right? I mean, no matter what you do, you start to question and second guess. God, this is hard. This is tough. Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And God says, yes, it is. Remember, just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you should be somewhere in some other sea or some other lake or some other ocean. You hang in there. You hang in there. I'm going to be with you. And lastly, be thankful that I am in God's thoughts and prayers, that you're in God's thoughts and prayers. It says God's will, notice, for who? For you. It says this is God's will for, for you. You are never off God's mind. Do you know that? There's never a time when God isn't thinking about you. 
God can do that. I can't do that. You can't do that, but God can. He's continually thinking about you. Is there ever a moment when God isn't taking care of us or isn't providing for us? No. Every moment of every day, he's providing for us. If God is thinking about me and you in everything, then we don't have to worry about anything. This is what Ann Voskamp says, that the way you get through the, being thankful in everything is the way you get through anything. Realizing that God's with us. If God is constantly thinking about you, guess what? That means you don't have to think about you quite as much. If God is always thinking about how to take care of you, that means you don't worry. You don't have to worry about how to take care of you. If you trust the Lord, this is an issue of trust. Bible says in Psalm 143, teach me to do your will. For you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. God can teach you and I to be grateful. Not just once in a while, but more consistently. To practice gratitude. I wanted to read this, this event that happened and, and just leave it here. As an encouragement to you and to me. That we can be as grateful as God wants us to be. This past June, Hunter Hostetler was working at a McDonald's restaurant in Scottsburg, Indiana, when an older woman came through the drive-thru and decided to pay for the customer behind her, a man with four children in the van. The woman told Hunter to tell the man and his children, Happy Father's Day. The woman's spontaneous act of kindness caused an amazing chain reaction. The man in the van paid for two cars behind him, and they did the same for those who followed them. One customer after another passed along the blessings. By the end of the day, 167 drivers had paid for the orders of the vehicle behind them. What ripple effect can your gratefulness cause this morning? Let's pray together this morning. Maybe as we bow our heads and close our